Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Good morning, Jesus 911. Ruben Nava with Jesse Romero. Two man car on Soul Patrol. Good morning, Jesse, on the Feast of the Epiphany. How are hey, you, sir? Amen. I'm reporting for duty, Ruben. And uh, what a great time to be a Catholic. In the, right now, it'll be easier to become a saint than any other time in human history. Mm. Explain yourself, Jess. Why, why would that be? Let's Because, because we've entered into a time of intense persecution against people of faith, patriots, conservatives, people that have mm. common sense. And so as a result... You can either yep. cave in and become a lukewarm pagan, an apostate Catholic like Biden and Pelosi and, and Fauci and many others, or you can push back like St. Lawrence of Brindisi and say, you know what? Even if they cook me on an iron griddle, I will proclaim the name of Jesus till my dying breath. And that's where we're at right now, Ruben. We're going to separate the men from the boys because all over the world, these medical dictators and these globalists are trying to uh, start a two-class system, the vaxxed and the unvaxxed. Let's just call it those that follow the Lord Jesus Christ and those that don't. Mm, that's right. Good job, Jess. That was uh, amazing. Um, you know, and just I just think the apostles that, that came before us, man, every one of them died a martyr's death except for John. And he could have, mm -hmm. you know, he, he was being boiled, man, but he was he was saved and, uh, but then, you know, exiled to Patmos. But, uh, he he eventually found his way back, and uh, you know he was the only one who died a natural death. But the others have uh, they were there to proclaim, uh, you know, our, our Lord and Savior. And this, who died? Who gives up their their life for a lie? And uh, obviously, it wasn't a lie. That's right, uh, Ruben. Something else so interesting. I, I just have a theory. It's not Catholic teaching. It's just a Jess Romero theory. It makes sense to me. Mm. John the Apostle didn't die a martyr's death. I think that was recompense or that was the reward by the Lord Jesus Christ because he's the only one that didn't run away from him mm. and stood at the foot of the cross. The youngest one stood with Mother Mary and just basically grinded it out and watched his Lord and Savior suffer. Uh, and I think there was a little bit of divine recompense. He didn't die a martyr's death mm. as a result. The other ones had to make reparation for their sin. Or we call that, you know, we, we call that in Catholicism penance. Mm. We, everybody has to make penance uh, for, for the sins that they've committed that have already been forgiven. And I think the apostles, being, being the generals of the early Catholic Church, they had to make penance for running away from the Lord Jesus Christ uh, at that moment. You know, James, the son of Zebedee, he, he was a fisherman by trade when, when Jesus Christ called him. And he was later beheaded at Jerusalem. And the Roman officer who guarded James uh, watched in amazement as James defended his faith at, at, at his trial. And later, the officer walked beside James to the place of execution. Overcome by conviction, he declared his new faith to the judge and knelt beside James to accept beheading as a Christian. Imagine that. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that Andrew the Apostle that many uh, he was crucified, and for forty eight hours, for two days, he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ nonstop. And uh, I've read in history books, historical accounts, that one soldier after another that were standing there at watch, you know, guarding him, uh, they were just shedding their 
their military gear, putting it at their feet mm. and saying, I want to be baptized. I want to follow the Nazarene. So as a result of his witness, uh, soldiers were just leaving the ranks of the military under the Caesars and entering into the Catholic Church because a man was, was on a cross for two days, 48 hours, nonstop, talking about Jesus Christ and salvation in him and him alone. Amen. So, Jesse, uh, we're going to uh, be talking about uh, a doctor by the name of Robert Malone. He was on a, a podcast with Joe Rogan, and he's been, uh, he, he's, the, the, the left has been trying to cancel him, uh, erased him on Twitter and, and uh, on the actual the interview with with Joe Rogan was canceled, and and so you can find it on on other uh, conservative platforms like Rumble, and uh, but this is this guy has uh, he's the real deal. He's been saying these things for a while now, and and uh, he, call, he 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 says he's the in, one of the inventors, if not the inventor of the the mRNA you know uh, vaccine. I've heard his credentials, Ruben. Impressive, uh, exceeds by far the credentials of Fauci. Uh, it, it, they're they're friends. They know each other. They go back years. Well, yeah. Didn't he work for him? He worked. Yeah. For, yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the interview, there's 12 major takeaway points that Ro- that uh, Dr. Malone made to Joe Rogan. R- Rogan seems to be a fellow traveler at this time. He seems to be tracking in the right direction. I mean, I'm not saying we don't agree with him on everything, obviously, yeah. but uh, he's definitely tracking in the right direction on this topic. Uh, you're going to have to get the article from vmpr.org or jesseromero.com because we probably won't get to all 12 points, but here we go. First thing Dr. Malone says to Rogan, he says, the gain-of-function research behind the development of the bioweapon spike protein ultimately paved the way for the development of a similar but different spike protein, which is currently being used as an mRNA instructions in the COVID vaccine. The drug companies have an ethical obligation to prove that the spike protein in their vaccine is not toxic, said Malone. But, of course, uh, they're not even attempting to do that. No, no. They want 75 years to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're all dead. They'll say, oh, you know what? Oh, shoot. It was a bioweapon. Sorry, but you're all dead. Yep. Go ahead, Ruben. (laughs) Second point is many people are not acutely injured by the vaccines and some show no adverse effects at all. Rogan asked why, and then Malone explained that the response curve is due to variances in the individual immune system, including phenotypic uh, genetic differences. So some, some it has a, a negative effect and some it doesn't. So most people say, oh, well, see, look, it's fine. Most people, uh, it doesn't affect them at all. But, you know, all, all it has to affect is, is, a, is a few before they, they should take it off the, the market. Yeah, Ruben, it's only by the grace of God that it, is, it doesn't affect some people. It's only because God's grace. Yeah. Because the intention is, is to depopulate the world. Number three, Dr. Malone spoke about the term anti-vaxxer, which is used to falsely shame people who do not take orders from public health officials. It's similarly used to socially ostracize anyone who dissents, dissents to drug company propaganda. Malone discussed the BBC's Trust in You initiative, which charges individuals for spreading misinformation if they speak out against Tedros, Fauci, or other vaccine propagandists. Uh, so again, Dr. Malone's the whistleblower. He's showing the way uh, the uh, the medical institutions have become corrupt right now, and they're in bed with uh, with uh, uh, the Marxist, yeah, big farm in the Marxist government. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, all you have to do is see who's who's opposing uh, Fauci and, and and follow them. You know, this this guy Fauci's he's come up with so many things have been in error. You know, uh, from if you you play tapes of him from the beginning and and where he is now, and he's he's covered a lot of ground and and he's he's been wrong on so many points. So why should we trust him now? You know, and uh, the fourth point is Malone. He emphasized the trauma that is being imparted in children's minds. And the subsequent dehumanization, desocialization, and the abuse that is being used against children with forced max, masks and isolation. And that's something most people don't even think about, you know, because we, we're seeing it from our lens as, as adults. But these little poor children are running around, you know, it, it, it infuriates me to see parents muzzle their kids. They're walking around with no muzzle, but they've got their kids all muzzled, you know. And it's a, a it's a it's a form of governmental child abuse. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Point number five. When Joe Rogan asked why hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin were smeared by the media and blocked by the regulatory establishment, Dr. Malone said two people were key in this decision. One of them was vaccine promoter Rick Bright, who runs the Pandemic Prevention Institute at the <clears throat> Rockefeller Foundation. Why why is the Rockefeller Foundation uh, their money's involved in everything evil around the world. Rick <laughs> yeah. Bright used his position as director of the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority to discredit uh, hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine, two drugs that displayed a history of safety and effectiveness against SARS-CoV-1. Mm. Once again, why are they blocking something that works? Because there's a global agenda to depopulate the world. That's why. Yeah, and they're not making any money on those other ones, you know? Yeah. Very cheap to to get. <clears throat> I would recommend that, you know, maybe you get yourself a supply of it and uh, have it on hand so that your when your family needs it. Um, Not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The sixth point, the other figure who blocked treatments for COVID-19 was Janet Woodcock. After she took the helm at the Food and Drug Administration on January 20th, 2021, she used the agency to mock ivermectin and contort its proper use in humans with its veterinarian applications. And uh, Senator John, Ron Johnson, he wrote to Woodcock, Fauci, and other public health officials detailing their concern that efficacious treatments were being withheld to push out dangerous vaccines for which informed consent has not properly been applied. Dr. Malone did not speculate on Woodcock and Bright's intentions, but said they were wrong in their assertions. Hmm. Point number seven. Both hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin are on, are on the essential drugs listed provided by the World Health Organization. Billions of doses have been safely administered. These drugs ease symptoms and shorten the dr- duration of illness, preventing severe disease and death. Dr. Malone also said that Merck's repeated attacks on both drugs is bizarre, to say the least, especially since high ivermectin use in Uttar Pradesh was associated with lower mortality rates. Once again, there's no money to be made with hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, uh, and, and uh, it's it's not going to help depopulate the planet. So they have to they have to demonize these drugs. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I hear the music, so we're going to hold off and get to the the other points on the other side of the break. I want to change that dial. Uh, Dr. Malone makes some good points here, so keep it right here. We'll see you on the other side. Jesus 
now. Back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly, John 1010. And that is uh, that is our Lord. He he wants us to have life to the fullest and uh and that is only found through him. You know, he is the vine, we are the branches. So Ruben, it sounds like you're uh, just describing the globalists and the Democrats and the communists right now. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, we're, ta- we're talking about the uh, Dr. Robert Malone on the Joe Rogan program. Um, and yeah. yeah, just a redacted version. Yeah. Point number eight, Joe Rogan asked Dr. Malone about the financial incentive to diagnose COVID-19 in the hospital setting. Dr. Malone said hospitals are reimbursed around $3,000 for every COVID-19 diagnosis. Treatment protocols are withheld because the hospitals are further incentivized to use remdesivir and ventilators, which are linked to renal failure, lung damage, and deadly nosocomial infection. It doesn't matter why the individual was initially hospitalized, whether they were suffering from underlying conditions, Mm -hmm. uh, delayed surgeries, etc. If the hospital suspects COVID-19 or can get a positive reading on a high-cycle threshold PCR test, the hospital can fraudulently declare a COVID-19 diagnosis and be reimbursed for their medical fraud and malpractice. Just follow the money. Yep. And that's just happened. We just, uh, Newsmax just put out a story saying, you know, half the kids were coming in for something other than COVID. And the fact that they had some COVID or, or a fraudulent test that shows up positive, they, they get counted as a COVID patient, you know, instead of, you know, let's say he came in for a broken arm, you know. It doesn't matter. This is this is why it's so criminal, and um, you don't know who to trust anymore, Jesse. Exactly. Yeah. You don't want to go to the doctor for anything right now. You want to just stay healthy. Yeah. Next point, Ruben. Number nine. When questioned on the on the waning efficacy of the vaccines, Malone concurred that the vaccines are leading to negative eff- efficacy, like in the Denmark studies. As doses are increased, individuals become more prone to infection. In Israel, the citizens are being coerced to take a fourth dose. And the data shows enhanced disease in the vaccinated. Their B and T memory cells are being trained to attack a spike protein that has long since mutated, setting the vaccinated up for antibody-dependent enhancement, autoimmune issues, and cancer. See, that's that's crazy. You know, the 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 new the the new vaccinated is not not the two jabs, but you got to have the booster. Now you're going to a fourth booster or second booster. Uh, it's it's, it's crazy. What's happening is a mass psychosis in this country. Point number 10. Mm-hmm. Joe Rogan and Dr. Malone discussed natural immunity and the studies that prove the superiority of innate immunity over half-baked vaccine-augmented immune responses. Yeah, all the data on this is being suppressed by, by uh, social media and the mainstream media. Natural immunity has been... This has been validated by over 100 studies. This is not even... This is not even in question... But this is something the the mainstream media and the globalist and uh, and the social tech giants they don't want people to know about this. They want to get they want us to get the jab because again the goal is depopulation. Mm-hmm. Okay, number eleven. Malone points to disturbing trends in myocarditis in young boys post post vaccination. He spoke about the infertility risk due to the effect of lipid nanoparticles on women's ovaries. He warned about the spike protein and its propensity to cause blood clots. 
They discussed the censorship of Maddie de Guerre, the young girl who was acutely injured in the Pfizer trial. Malone said that financial incentives and expected outcomes are used to hide data on vaccine injuries while prompting contrived endpoints that make the vaccine look good. And so, if they, you know, if they if they take a vaccine, let's say you haven't finished the 14 day period where you get the second one and something happens to you, they don't they, they don't call that an adverse effect to the, the vaccine because they're saying, well, you weren't completely vaccinated. So. Uh, and this young girl is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, she's now in a wheelchair, Jesse. Mm. Mm. This Maddie de Guerre. Uh, point number 10, uh, 12, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Dr. Malone, by the way, read his credentials, Ruben. Impressive. This 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 guy dwarfs anybody in this field. I was listening to his credentials on, on the uh, interview with Joe Rogan. Impressive. By far exceed Fauci's credentials. On uh, on the the mRNA vaccine, Doctor Malone warned. Point number twelve: Our government is out of control on this. Here, here, Doctor uh, Malone. Mm-hmm. They are lawless. They completely disregard bioethics, and these mandates of an experimental vaccine are explicitly illegal. They are explicitly inconsistent with the Nuremberg Code. You know what would be a uh, uh, swift justice? We get a new president, uh, DeSantis, uh, Trump, mm-hmm. in three years from now. Dr. Malone gets made the the head, uh, you know, medical officer for the government, and uh, Fauci is prosecuted under Nuremberg Code laws. That would be justice served in our lifetime, Ruben. Oh, amen. I'd love to see that. I I actually buy tickets for that and have my popcorn there, and I'd be ready. <laughs> hey, Ruben, let's move on to another topic about Facebook admits yeah. they were taken to court by uh, journalist John Stossel, who used to work for Fox News. And uh, Facebook had to admit in an open court that they're not fact checkers. They're just basically lefties with opinions. Mm -hmm. And so when people start saying fact check this, I'm going to say, are you uh, do you got a brain? These guys are just leftist ideologues with a computer and they've been exposed in a court of law. Comments? Yeah, no, that that's absolutely true. You know, Silicon Valley fact checkers that. You know, how, how are you going to fact check somebody like Dr. Malone? You know, you, you've got a, maybe a, a degree in sociology or something, you know, you're, you, yeah. at home with your computer on a yeah. laptop with your, you know, in your parents' basement, receiving money from, uh, uh, you know, money from Soros, uh, Gates and, uh, the Clinton foundation. Yeah. yeah. And they have their algorithms that they look for. If something pops up, Oh, boop, this is, you know, we gotta, we gotta block them. And, uh, and they're just trying to cancel everybody who has a, a doesn't agree with the uh, you know in in lockstep with these these lefties that are are trying to destroy our country. So well, well, what's good is they've been exposed in the court of law. They're fake uh, fact checkers. This I just tell people: do your own research. Don't go to these. Who are these fact checkers? I've been saying this for two years. Mm-hmm. They're young, flaming liberals with a, probably a degree in uh, you know the soft sciences. Soft sciences. From a from a liberal university, working out of their parents' parents' basement, and they're the arm of the liberal government, and they're paid by globalists. Yeah. That's what they are. I've been saying this for a long time. Do your own research. Don't say I want to see what the fact checkers say. These fact checkers are liberal ideologues. Yeah, and they're paid by dark money. Uh, Ruben, I, I knew this because years ago, people yeah, they they would say. Well, you got to check out Snopes. Check out what Snopes says. Oh, jeez. 
<laughs> they were the they were the first quote unquote fact checkers. Yeah. And so years ago, I said, okay, what? Who are these people, Snopes? That everybody says, hey, just if you say something, you got to check it out with Snopes. So I, I ended up looking at who Snopes is. It's a couple that lives in Northridge, California, near where I used to live. Okay, mm-hmm. the Mickelsons, David and Barbara Mickelsons. Okay, they work out of their house with laptops. Uh, they essentially determine, they put up a website called Snopes. They determine what's true and not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, the, these people, basically, they set them up as experts on all things with their laptop at their, you know, set up with their, uh, with their, uh, at home. And Snopes is nothing but, now that we've discovered, they're like the Wizard of Oz. They're just a liberal ideologue couple in the West San Fernando Valley who have appointed themselves as experts on all matters and they have a leftist ideology. I even looked at Wikipedia that admits that they have a leftist ideology and that they basically go after anything conservative and call it an urban legend. So, Ruben, mm-hmm. the left keeps setting up these, you know, Snopes fact check. In other words, because they know there's a lot of people out there that are low information Americans yeah. that are going to say, oh, but Snopes says that, you know, one plus one is three and Snopes can't be telling us or, or fact check says one plus one is three. So we have to change our, you know, our view of math now. Yeah. Ruben, don't trust these flaming liberals. We have to do the research ourselves. Catholics and Americans don't be lazy. And and even when we look at stuff like even Google, Google is owned by the leftists, you know, so uh, I mean, you might better get some. Some stuff that's not controversial on there and, and get some things right. But when when it comes to like if you if you do something, run a, a search on Dr. Malone, you know they're gonna lambaste him. They're gonna they're gonna put him down by 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 trying to discredit him. So yeah, be careful where you go. You, it's Ruben. I just do your own research. Don't be lazy. There's good websites out there that give you facts. But people have to just quit saying, I'm going to look at what Snopes says. I'm going to look at fact checkers. No, they've determined to be false in a court of law. They give you their leftist opinions. And a lot of this is just misinformation. I give kudos to John Stossel for taking these guys on, going to court and beating them. Hmm. All right, man, let's let's get into this. And, uh, you know, John Stossel, like you said, he, you know, um, he brought on a lawsuit, and he's a celebrated journalist. Uh, he exposed the left's supposed battle against misinformation as a farce. And so he posted a video uh, that, to- that touched the third rail of liberal politics, climate change, right? Neither questioned whether climate change is real, but each talked about other issues, namely forest management and using technology to adapt. Yet the third party that fa- Facebook contracts to review these pieces, science feedback, flagged them as false, or our favorite lacking content, the quote, lacking content. Why? Because science Facebook didn't like Stossel's tone. That is, you can't write anything about climate change unless you say it's the worst disaster in the, in the, in the history of humanity and we must spend trillions to fight it. So for this, Facebook bans or minimizes Stossel's reporting, depriving him of, and readers of uh, uh, and revenue. So then uh, they when they sued Facebook, they Facebook threw it, their hands up and says, not our problem. His real beef is with science feedback. You see, we wash our hands of it. So as that fact check labeled, we slapped uh, on your piece in the, the Facebook's response to Stossel. It argues, well, 
That's protected opinion under the First Amendment. They admit opinion. Yeah. Go ahead, Jess. The Post has faced this same gauntlet too many times. In February 2020, we published a column by Stephen Mosher, a good Catholic, asking of COVID-19 leaked from the Wuhan lab. This was labeled false by Facebook fact checkers. Mm -hmm. Of course, those supposed independent scientific reviewers relied on a group of experts who had a vested interest in dismissing that theory, including EcoHealth, which had funded the Wuhan lab. When Twitter fact-checked and blocked the post stories about Hunter Biden's laptop as hacked materials, what was the basis? Nothing. It wasn't hacked. The company staff just wanted an excuse. Guess they just didn't like our tone. So in both of these cases, our fact-checks were lifted, but only after it no longer mattered. So what they'll do, they'll, they'll correct themselves after when people have forgotten about the issue, and it's already been burned in your mind that, no, Hunter Biden, that laptop, that's that's conservative conspiracy that's false they'll correct themselves months after and say yeah you know what uh we retract that statement but nobody it's it's yesterday's news nobody cares anymore yeah and that could have changed the election that uh, laptop you got it mm -hmm. bingo right all right listen to jesus 911 when we come back we're going to be talking about uh mass formation psychosis we'll be right back on the side of the break don't change that now Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911. We're iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. We are coming back to you uh, talking about some mass um, psychosis. <laughs> we, we had uh, the uh, ability to see I, I didn't see the game, but I saw some highlights of um, Antonio Brown. He just uh, he just flipped out again, Jesse. He's, he had a meltdown. He meltdown. Yeah, he's he's been kicked off so many teams. It's uh, ridiculous, and and I, that that this should be the last straw. I, I don't think someone's going to take him on anymore. He just uh, he's got some um, mental issues. And he he can't seem to be part of a team, and he just flipped out. <clears throat> yeah, he's a narcissist, Ruben. As that's yeah. what it is. A narcissist is somebody that, again, they, they're the center of the world. They, they think too much of themselves. Uh, and uh, definitely God is not the center of their life. They're at the center of their life. Mm -hmm. So this article says uh, mass formation psychosis explains Antonio Brown's meltdown far more than uh, more than CTE. Mm -hmm. Okay, CTE basically means that you're uh, you get hit a lot in the head. As it's called chronic traumatic encephalopathy in other words brain damage they're making excuses for his behavior yeah. professional sports are no longer a force for good here here they do not unify us they do not inspire us to seek our better selves they do not provoke participants to take bold and courageous stances for the first time in my lifetime writes jason whitlock i believe professional sports do more harm to american society than good <laughs> agreed this is what ran across my mind yesterday as I watched Tampa Bay wide receiver Antonio Brown strip off his uniform mid-game, toss his equipment to the ground, wave the crown, and run off the field. Uh, that's my comment. Just a total exhibition of a narcissist. Professionalized football, collegiate, and the NFL exacerbated the emotional problems that have, that have plagued Brown since childhood. 
Because of his immense talent, football afforded Brown the opportunity to ignore the mental scars, a dysfunctional up, uh, upbringing in South Florida, rot worse the new social media demands of professional sports, sank Brown further into the mental abyss. Over the next few days, you'll hear plenty of analysts and Twitter pundits speculate that Brown is suffering from brain damage, what they call CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. And in other words, they're just making excuses for his behavior because he has a poorly formed moral conscience. Mm -hmm. CTE, you know, a.k.a. brain damage from getting banged in the head a lot, Mm -hmm. and white supremacy are the popular and corporate media-approved explanations given any time a professional football player, particularly a black one, behaves poorly. These are bogus excuses that ignore the fact that bigotry and head trauma in sports have been around since gladiators fought lions for entertainment of the masses. Ruben? Yeah. Yeah, so if CTE is real and the cause of unstable behavior, then Spartacus, Bronco, Nagurski, Bronco Nagurski was a, a, a bad linebacker, man, for the... For the Packers, Rocky Marciano, you know, undefeated heavyweight boxer. Heavyweight champ, yeah. yeah, Muhammad Ali, Walter Payton, and Joe Montana should all have melted down. Know that what's new and what explains both Antonio Brown's plunge into bizarro world and the rapid decay of professional sports as a force for good is the importance of social media branding, uh, brand building. So Brown, Brown has no more or less CTE than Troy Aikman, Jim Brown. Joe Montana, Joe Montana, Dick Butkus, or any prize fighter. Brown is suffering from mass formation psychosis. Yep, the psychological disorder that Robert Malone, Dr. Robert Malone, discussed in his infamous Joe Rogan interview. Malone, of course, was talking about our exaggerated fear of COVID-19. Malone compared modern America to Germany in the 1920s and 1930s. So if you ever, if you look up what we just said, mass um Psychosis. Psychosis. Yeah, he, it's going to... We did a show on that, Ruben, on seven sixteen twenty one. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, when, you, yep. when you look at that, if you Google, Google that, it's just going to be uh, all kinds of negative stuff uh, to discredit Malone and, um, and, and what we're talking about here. So <clears throat> a very, uh, says a very intelligent, highly educated population, and they went barking mad, he said. Um, this is what Malone was saying. When you have a society that has become decoupled from each other and has free-floating anxiety in a sense that things don't make sense. We can't understand it. And then their attention gets focused by a leader or a series of events on one small point, just like hypnosis. They literally become hypnotized and can be led anywhere. Here's how I translate Malone's explanation. Mm -hmm. America, the land of individualism and independent thought, is suffering from social and corporate media-induced groupthink. It's made us. It, it's made us choose group fear over individual freedom. It's made us crazy. Antonio Brown is nuts, and his addiction to Instagram and Twitter is making him crazier. Mm-hmm. He turned a rather routine sideline dispute between himself and Bruce Arians into a career-ending confrontation and walk-off. It's not all that surprising if you've been following Brown's descent. In 2018, ESPN's Jesse Washington wrote a prescient piece on, 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 on Brown and his love affair with the social media matrix. The article perfectly captures the negative impact social media was having on Brown's reality and worldview. Brown is a micro. 
professional sports are the macro. Social media has eroded the value and integrity of professional sports. It's done the same thing to corporate media and public discourse. It's at the root of American division. Social media is a cancer. Mass formation psychosis is just a strand of social media cancer. Ruben? Yeah, so uh, the article goes on to say that today I don't want to stray too far from sports. Let's look beyond Antonio Brown. Let's look at a football player with an impeccable reputation and the damage social media is doing to him, Tom Brady. He suffers from mass formation psychosis too. You will never convince me Brady believes in... You will never convince me Brady believes in the experimental COVID vaccines. Never. The man is meticulous about what he puts into his body, but he has a social media brand he must protect. So he pretends to be on board with the experimental medical trials being forced on the American public. Uh, you know, much like uh, um, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he, he's not taking the vaccine and he's not shy about telling people about it. Pro athletes are cowards. They're they're tools of major corporations. They've completely sold out for money. They live in a fear of the social media mob. Combined, Brady and his wife, Giselle Bunchen are worth close to a billion dollars. And Brady has the money and the accomplishments to say and do whatever he wants. He could use his voice and his platform to speak against the vaccine mandates and the stupid, divisive NFL COVID protocols, And but he remains silent. So the same goes for LeBron James. He, he's a slave to a social media following, pretending that cops are on a murderous rampage against American black men. It pleases media, social, uh, social media and the communist uh, Chinese Communist Party. The point of view is detached from reality and a symptom of mass formation psychosis. And, you know, uh, he's he's caused so many people to walk away from the Lakers, Jesse, because. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I could care less if they lose every game the rest of the season. Yeah. For the rest of my life, as yeah. far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm done with them completely. Yeah. Professional <laughs> sports used to reveal and sharpen a man's character. We're all flawed. We're all sinners. Participation in sports used to, ha- used to shave some of our flaws. Now the games solely reward talent and men willing to swallow and promote whatever agenda big tech and global corporations dictate. Antonio Brown won the talent lottery. That's why the Steelers, Raiders, Patriots, Buccaneers, and Tom Brady kept bending their standards to make room for Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. But for me, uh, the author of the article says, the Great Reset is turning into my personal Great Awakening. Professional sports and their participants solely serve the dollar. As St. Paul says, the love of money is the root of all evil. The difference between Antonio Brown and Tom Brady isn't as significant as you might think. Mm. So what is it with Antonio Brown? It's pretty simple. All of us have a conscience, a the conscience, the the human conscience, which is the soul. This is where God communicates with the human person. You either have a conscience that's well-formed or malformed. Antonio Brown is a classic example of a person whose body is physically well-formed like a Greek God, but his, his, his soul, his intellect, his conscience is malformed. He doesn't know to have the moral categories to understand right from wrong, good from evil, black from white. A lot of it is people's fault because at the judgment, we're going to be judged not only on our malformed conscience, but you had the power and you had the duty 
to form your conscience properly according to the word of God, but you did it because you wanted to spend your life on television and throwing around a ball with pigskin. And so as a result of that, a lot of these people that have a malformed conscience and live in a state of mortal sin, and if they die in that state, will go to hell upon death. They're not, they're, they're, there will be no Super Bowl or fanfare or cheering fans at the general judgment. It'll be them by themselves with their malformed conscience uh, uh, in front of the one who is all truth, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And there's going to be a lot of, as Ricky Ricardo says, a lot of splaining to do. <laughs> now, 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 as Catholics, here's where we have an advantage. You may not be Antonio Brown. You may not have cameras and lights on you all day long. And you may not be making millions of dollars. But at the general judgment, the only thing that you're going to be graded on is not how far you can throw a football or how fast you can run is your conscience. Was it formed by the Catholic faith? Was it formed by the word of God? And did it lead you to a life of virtue? And, did, and were you as a result of that a faithful disciple of Christ in your state of life, in your sphere of influence? People don't realize that uh, the only Super Bowl that awaits any one of us is, uh, is getting to heaven and uh, taking that victory lap. Uh, you know, the, uh, somebody's state in heaven is not going to be determined by any athletic feat. It's going to be uh, determined by did the soul live and die in a state of grace? Did the soul pursue a life of virtue as a result of a conscience formed by the word of God? Amen. Jesse, our, 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 we're on this this life on this world for just a short period of time. An athlete is that's an even shorter period of time. You know, it, it, they've just got a small window which to to operate, and and uh, they've got to live the rest of their life. And and uh, a lot of these guys are broke. You know, they're they're they live the rest of their lives going downhill. So let, we'll come back on the other side of the break. Talk about this. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, we're back. We just uh, we were talking about Antonio Brown, who had a meltdown, and uh, it's not the first time. And uh, he's, he's more than likely out of football unless one of these other the NFL teams decides to take another chance on him and but he's already shown time and time again that he he's all about himself and um he's he's not a, a team player and that's for sure and we were talking how you know life is short and we're here to um love serve and and come to know God in in this lifetime so we can love serve and know him in the next and and the athletic career is so so short you know what they're going to do now for the rest of their life is God knows what they're going to do because if he's not like Jesse was saying on the other side, not well formed in his conscience, it, it's the the future looks bleak, you know. Especially somebody like that who is uh, who's a, a narcissist and um, he's so focused on on his his brand and and what what's going to happen, you know, what the media thinks of him and. Um, Jesse, we're, we're, we're looking at a lot of athletes like that. And this, this is the social media is causing a lot of this to, to happen. <clears throat> yeah. Ruben, there's an author by the name of Juiced Merlu who wrote a book. It's called the rape of the mind. Wow. 
And uh, he, here's what he says, and this is applies to uh, uh, this uh, gentleman that we're talking about in the NFL. He says, there is, a, there is, in fact, much that is comparable between the strange reactions of citizens under totalitarianism, by the way, we're under it right now, and their culture as a whole on the one hand, and the reactions of the six schizophrenic on the other. He says, so what triggers the psychosis of totalitarianism? The mass psychosis of totalitarianism begins in a society's ruling class. That's the Democrats right now, by the way. Mm -hmm. The individuals that make up this class, be it politicians, bureaucrats, yeah, Fauci, or crony capitalists, or like a big pharma, big tech, are very prone to delusions that augment their power, and no delusion is more attractive to the power-hungry than the delusion that they can and should and control and dominate a society. When the ruling elite becomes possessed by political ideology of this sort, be it communism, fascism, or technocracy, the next step is to induce a population into accepting their rule by infecting them with the mass psychosis of totalitarianism. This psychosis has been induced many times throughout history. It's simply a question of reorganizing and manipulating collective ideas in a proper way. I'm taking this from a book called Rape of the Mind by Juice Merlou, and he talks about the way uh, totalitarian regimes, like the one we're living in right now uh, under the Biden totalitarian regime, they use everything in their power to rearrange the way we believe. Juice Merlou calls this, he calls this the rape of the mind, menticide. Menticide means the rape of the mind or the killing of the mind. He says, menticide is an old crime against the human mind and spirit. It is an organized system of psychological intervention and judicial perversion through which a ruling class can imprint their own opportunistic thoughts upon the minds of those they plan to use, like these NFL players, and destroy. That's us. How do they do it? Juice Merlou says in The Rape of the Mind, he says, Never before in history have such effective means existed to manipulate a society into the psychosis of accepting totalitarianism. How do they do it? Smartphones, social media, television, the internet, all in conjunction with algorithms that quickly censor the flow of unwanted information. This allows those in power to easily assault the minds of people like, like this NFL player that we're talking about here. Uh, and, and many people, they subject themselves through these technologies to the ruling class's elite propaganda with a remarkable frequency. Modern technology teaches man to take for granted the world he's looking at. It. Mm -hmm. He takes no time to retreat and reflect. Technology lures him on, dropping him into its wheels and movements. No rest, no meditation, no reflection, no prayer, no conversation. The senses are continually overloaded with stimuli. Man doesn't learn to question his world anymore. The screen offers him answers ready-made. This is what's happened to LeBron James. This is what's happened to uh, 
to uh, Antonio, what's his name, uh, Antonio Brown, and all these other football prayers uh, that are being used by by the leftist globalists to promote their propaganda. I'll tell you, for, for us as Catholics, we have an advantage when you live the Catholic faith. Why? Because the Bible and the Catechism teaches us that God speaks to us how? In silence, in prayer, in contemplation. But modern technology, Ruben, doesn't make that possible. So you have a lot of these young guys who are full of vim, vigor, and vitality. They're in the prime of their life. They've got cameras on them consistently. They're narcissists. They're secular humanists in thought. And uh, this, they, they become manipulated through this mass psychosis by social media. Yep. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Jesse. And, and you know, you, you, you've got social media there. The, the first thing most people do when they wake up in the morning is to grab that phone to see, oh, how many likes did I get? How many, uh, who's responded to my, to my post? And uh, instead of the first thing, you know, you hit your feet, hit the ground, uh, you know, and you're, and you're making your morning offering. And uh, their whole thought is, is uh, what's next? They, they say people pick up their phone and check it m- more times than uh, it's some outrageous number of times that they're, they're checking their phone. And uh, if you look into a, re- you look at the restaurant, you go in and, and, or you even see people sitting with two people at a table. They're both checking their phones, you know, instead of dialoguing and, 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 and you know, and engaging in conversation and, and stimulating each other through, through, you know, encouraging conversation. What do they do? They're just checking. They're they're wanting to see what's going on in social media. What's wh- who's doing what, and it's it goes. It the you got kids that are doing the same thing. This so we're we're breeding a society that is looking for stimulation. Uh, you know, the, the social stimulation constantly, and and it's affecting the mind. It's like a drug, Jess. Is, yeah, sure, Ruben like a, and. And there's been many sociological studies that, that show that groupthink is very powerful, that most people, Ruben, are just sheeple. In other words, most people, their truth compass barometer is broken. Or because of sin, like St. Paul says in Romans 1.18, they suppress the truth because they're wicked. And so it's easy, it's easy to manipulate people in the world that we live in today through technology and through social media because, again, most people don't have a well-formed moral conscience. Most people don't have, are not people of principle. They wake up every morning, they lick their finger, hold it up to the air, and they see what, which direction the cultural winds are blowing. Mm-hmm. There was a professor, Matthias Desmet, and... Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You heard of him? Oh, he's amazing. And he was of the psychology faculty at Ghent University, and he talked extensively about... Uh, what Rogan and Malone, uh, you know, they generalized, and it was this, the sense of anxiety leaves a population in hi- hypnotic state, vulnerable to suggestion, and it it isn't a new idea. He says that mass formation draws on the work by the 19th century writer Gustav Bonn, commonly credited as the father of crowd psychology, and Leblon or Lebon was avidly read by Lenin, Hitler, and Mussolini, and became a huge influence on Louis Bernays. Freud's nephew and the inventor of modern public relations. Yeah, yeah, he just he goes on to say this is. Uh, He's uh, the go-to guy, Ruben, in all this. Yeah, he, yeah. Okay, yeah. So he, but then the, the you know 
then you see the other side of the spectrum, the people that are opposing him and they, they just, Oh, of course it, it's, it's uh, you're going to get more of that. You're going to hear more of that because the, the left is contr- is controlling the media. And so they, they control the, the message that you're going to hear. And, and it's, it's not good. And, and we have, like you said earlier, we've got to do our own check, checking. In fact, yes. Uh, yeah. We've got to find out the truth for ourselves. Quit being lazy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We have, we have to, we've got a brain. God gave us an intellect. We have to put our intellect to work and we have to check for ourselves what is true and what's not true. And it, it requires human effort, obviously. That's called virtue. Virtue are holy habits. And, 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 and the human virtues that God has given all of us, even if you're not a Catholic, they're perfected by our intellect and our will. Okay? And, and uh, our intellect and our will, we as Catholics have an advantage because when they're for by the word of God, our intellect guides our actions and and it and it orders our passions properly and it guides our conduct according to faith and reason so as catholics we have an advantage but the human will is also it's also a blind faculty what do i mean by that the human will it must be enlightened in, in your mind by the word of god by truth because the will if it's not enlightened the will the human will will lead you uh, in, in, into a bad path, into some into some wrong areas. The human will must be enlightened by the by the word of God. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you're going to follow your lower passions. We're going to. That's go, right. We're, Bingo. Mm-hmm. Although, yeah, because we're yeah, we uh, left to our own vices, man. We're we're a mess. You know, we're gonna. We've got to. We have to be inspired by by uh, our. our formed conscience and by our yeah. Lord, Lord and Savior. And uh, that's, that's got to be our GPS our, our, yes, our yeah. you know, our God, our, our God, uh, you know, our yeah, GPS, yeah. Our, our God system to guide us into virtue. Uh, yeah. Because Ruben, as Catholics, the goal of the Catholic is to live in a state of grace and die in a state of grace. And the battle begins in the mind. You're going to win that battle or lose that battle in the mind. You must it, it, it must be uh, a, an act of the will where you're saying, I am going to follow Jesus. I am going to practice my Catholic faith. I am going to get myself and drag as many people to heaven as possible. Amen. Well said, Jesse. Uh, you know, let's uh, let's let's live a life of virtue. We're, you know, even if you have made some resolutions and you've already messed up, hey, tomorrow's another day. Let's get going. Today's a, right. just yeah. started, so let's let's get going on the right track. Get uh, get to mass. Get to get your prayer life in order to begin with, yes. and then your your goals going forward. All right, twenty twenty two is going to be the year, the best year of our life. Amen. Amen. Listening to Jesus nine one one. Stay tuned for hands on apologetics with Gary Mashuda from the Midwest Command Center. We are out ten seven. E O W out.